Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Hey, folks, I told you I'd be back. I told you I'd be back this week. This is the first week. This is the first time in, uh, let's see, this has to be three months. The first time in three months that I have been back to do a busy broadcast during treatment week. That should speak for itself. It's great to be here. As always, I woke up today. And I thank God that I did. It is great to be here. And the telephone number, if you want to be on the program, 800-282-2882. And the email address, elrushbow at eibnet.us. It's also live from the Southern Command in sunny South Florida. It's Open Line Friday. And I can't imagine that you people are just chomping at the bit to tell me what you think of what all has gone on this week. Of course, I, too, am chomping at the bit to tell you what I think about what's gone on this week. I have the added benefit of going last after everybody else has said what they want to say about Kamala, 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 whatever, Harris being the nominee. I get to go last. I don't know what everybody else has said. So if it's repetitive, it is what it is. By the way, the Attorney General William Barr alluded today, earlier, maybe it was yesterday, that there would be a an announcement regarding the Durham investigation. Not all of that big a deal, but nevertheless an announcement, and we now have it. Kevin Kleinsmith a corrupt FBI lawyer who deliberately fabricated evidence to justify spying on Carter Page, getting the FISA warrant. You know, that's what got this all started. They needed a way to spy on the Trump campaign. And they had Carter Page, who had been uh, making trips to uh, Russia uh, in, the, in, the, in the context of doing other work. He was, he was, he was actually a... Uh, an American agent. He he was not a Russian agent. He was not 
anything that the leaders of this coup uh, cast him as. But Kevin Kleinsmith, who deliberately, one of the FBI lawyers, fabricated evidence to justify spying on Carter Page and getting the um, uh, FISA warrants, is going to plead guilty to federal charges of falsifying evidence. So it is... It is something. And and as the attorney general said, it's not a gigantic thing, but it does mean that the uh, grand jury that that Durham impaneled has been doing work and that there are indictments. So we'll take it. It's a it's a it's a move in the right direction. And it's going even though it's not a gigantic deal to us, it's going to send little ripples of fear. Um through the entire cabal of the coup that that uh, is still operating, in fact, in my opinion, trying to unseat Donald Trump. We have the vice president, Mike Pence, who is scheduled to be with us at the bottom of the hour after the break at the uh, at the bottom of the hour. Now, on the on the uh, selection of Kamala Harris, folks, my, my first reaction here to this was that it doesn't matter who Biden picked in truth because well that's not actually true it, it, it matters I don't I don't mean to say it doesn't but um, the the point is not so much who he picked but what these people are and this is going to be the most radical leftist, presidential campaign that the Democrat Party has ever foisted on the American people. And I think one of the reasons that they chose Kamala Harris is because she demonstrated that she will say whatever they put in front of her to say. She lied through her teeth in her opening statement and her appearance with uh, with with plugs. Grab audio soundbite number 12. This one just infuriated me. And this is the kind of thing that I said I listened to it. And I hope and I pray that the American people understand that this is a gigantic bald-faced lie without having to be told. Here it is. This is the, 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 the this is just so over the top. This is proof that she will like plugs. Whatever they want him to say, whoever's responsible, just put it on the prompter and she or he will say it. Trump is also the reason millions of Americans are now unemployed. He inherited the longest economic expansion in history from Barack Obama and Joe Biden. And then, like everything else he inherited, he ran it straight into the ground. Now, folks, this is this is a stretch even for these people. There was no economic expansion under Barack Obama. There was an economic contraction, and it lasted for eight years, and it was it was worse than that. Now, again, I need to beg your indulgence, those of you who are here regularly, because remember, we got new people tuning in every hour of every day. And there are people, therefore, who have not heard some things that are crucially important to keep everything else in context. So... I'll make it as, as brief as I can. The Obama administration told everybody that there was a new era of decline, that America's past, America's best days are behind us. And maybe some of those days were not even fully deserved. 
because America was founded as an unjust and immoral nation because of slavery and racism and bigotry and the women's vote and all these other things. The Obama Obama administration never had economic growth any higher than one and a half percent. They came up with a slogan saying there's a new era of decline and that we are the ones, meaning Obama and Biden, we're the ones to manage the decline. You need to lower your expectations. There was no Obama economic expansion. There was a Trump economic expansion in three years. The Trump administration rebuilt the American economy after eight years of the Obama team telling us it couldn't happen. And again, another reminder. During the campaign of 2016, Trump was promising to bring back manufacturing jobs. It was in Ohio and a number of other uh, upper-tier Midwest states that had been hard hit by bad trade deals and so forth. And Obama goes out campaigning for Hillary and says, what's he going to do? Huh? How going to bring those jobs back? Just wave a magic wand? Nobody going to wave a magic wand? Ha, ha, ha. Wave a magic And the jobs came back. Here's Obama perfectly willing to tell everybody those jobs weren't coming back. And he didn't know how Trump was going to bring them back. There was no interest in those jobs coming. This is the thing that 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 people have a tough time believing. It, it, it's hard to convince people that an American president, an American administration would not want the best economic circumstances for the country. That's a really tough thing to sell, but that's what the Obama administration was all about because the the agenda was globalism. And for globalism to take uh, to take hold, for that to actually happen, the United States would have to be cut down in in size uh, economically. And so that's what the Obama administration was doing. So this idea that Trump came in and destroyed the Obama economy, folks, it is it's so outrageous that it it defies explanation. Trump rebuilt the economy. And then the COVID virus comes along and necessitates a two-month shutdown of the American economy. And already Trump is rebounding the American economy. Uh, jobless claims under a million were producing jobs at a faster clip than at any time in American history. Now, you might say, well, Rush, that's no big deal because we're starting from practically zero. It doesn't matter, folks. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, if we had a Democrat administration right now, we wouldn't be adding jobs at this clip. We wouldn't be adding jobs at this rate because that's not what the Democrat Party is all about. The Democrat Party is all about the federal government being responsible for whatever they claim is good. And it is it's we've never had an opportunity greater than this to draw the comparison, the stark contrasts between Trump, say, the Republican Party and the leftists of the Democrat Party and what uh, the future holds. Uh, Kamala Harris was filled with other lies as well. She, in, in addition, the president's mismanagement of the pandemic has plunged us into the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. Um. No, the 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 whole idea that the 
Obama administration had this roaring economy is, is, is laughable and that Trump somehow came along and destroyed it. The second lie, just look where Trump and Mike Pence have gotten us. Millions of kids who can't go back to school. Who is it that wants the schools closed? It's Kamala Harris and Biden and all the rest of the Democrat Party. Who is it that wants the ongoing chaos associated with no progress? It's Obama and it's it's Biden and it's Kamala Harris. It's the entire Democrat Party. It's not Trump's decision whether kids go back to school because the federal government doesn't run the schools. He's urged the schools to reopen. The primary reason kids can't go back to school is opposition from the teachers' unions, which is a bunch of Democrats. It has nothing to do with Trump. She also said six years ago, in fact, we had a different health crisis. It was called Ebola. We all remember that pandemic. Ebola was an outbreak. It was not a pandemic, according to the World Health Organization. And just... just Every bald-faced lie that they could put on the teleprompter for her to tell, she came through. But I think, uh, folks, the the things here that we're going to have to keep in mind, I don't think they're going to let her be who she is, meaning the Democrats, the Biden campaign, the, uh, the apparatus running this show. They are reinventing, and this is going to be this is going to be up to Mike Pence to expose this in uh, in in debates, and I'm going to ask him about it in a few short minutes when he appears here. They are attempting to reinvent Kamala Harris as a moderate centrist, a pragmatist, to go after the swing voter on the premise. It, they think they're going to win the minority vote anyway, despite the, the tough Antifa, Black Lives Matter talk. They think the black vote's got nowhere else to go, especially with her on the ticket. So they don't even have to do the usual pandering to the African-American community. They are just taking all of you for granted that you are going to be there. And so they're going to position her as a pragmatist, a centrist, a moderate they're going to they're going to target her at at suburban soccer moms in swing states so that they can try to feel good about themselves and in the process of feeling good about themselves they'll feel good enough to vote for Biden because Kamala Harris is on the ticket and she's one of them when she isn't this is one of the most radical leftists in the democrat party Folks, even that, you know, I, I've, I've been struggling all week trying to, as I've, as I've watched everybody weigh in on Kamala Harris. You know, Catherine and I have been watching and, and trying to figure out the best way to go about explaining to people who she is and reciting a laundry list of leftist characteristics doesn't strike me as... I don't know, um, the most effective. It's got to be done. Don't misunderstand, but it doesn't strike me as the end-all way to go about it because I've got 33 years' experience behind this microphone trying to persuade people about leftists, about liberals, who they are, how to recognize them, what they mean, what they portend, what the dangers are. And 
I, I think if it becomes predictable, if people are watching television, there's a bunch of conservatives, they got a liberal and they start launching it, they, people tune it out after not very long a time, even if they agree with it. So it's a it's a it's, it's going to be a good project. It's going to be a neat trick here to figure out how to properly inform swing voters about Kamala Harris. Because right now, the ideology of people is not the primary concern people have. You've got this virus which is wrecking the country. The economy is in bad shape. You've got streets in America on fire. And people, sadly, are not associating any of that with a particular ideology, which they should be and need to be. That's happening for a specific ideological political reason. It's because liberals are are behind it. But at some point... Uh, because the Democrats are going to be reinventing Kamala Harris as a moderate, pragmatist, centrist to go after suburbanites, the Trump campaign is going to have to redefine her as the 2020 hard-left primary failure that she was, that she is. You know, the... Highest number she ever got in California during her presidential campaign was 7%. She was the first one to drop out of the Democrat primaries. She was the least popular of all of the candidates, of the major candidates that were running. The first, Tulsi Gabbard, literally destroyed her on her phoniness as attorney general in California and district attorney in San Francisco. The the leftist base always says it's going to sit out, meaning they're not going to make of themselves big targets, but they never do. Power for them is far more important than ideology. They assume Biden is not going to make it through the first term. They're going to take over. Kamala will revert to form once in power. This is what Democrats are being told. They're being told not to believe the reinvention of Kamala Harris. Don't believe that she's a moderate. Don't don't worry about it. She is the radical leftist that you want her to be. We just can't reveal that yet. But don't worry. This is what Democrat voters and donors are being reassured because there are a lot of people in the Democrat side nervous at this attempt to remake her as some harmless, moderate pragmatist. Look, a brief break. I got to take it. We'll come back. We'll continue right after this. Don't go away. Okay, we have a uh, we have a little montage here just to illustrate how the Democrats and the media are doing everything they can to try to portray Kamala Harris as somebody that she is not. She became known as a pragmatic moderate. What's great about Kamala Harris and Joe Biden is that they are pragmatic. Senator Harris is viewed uh, as much more of a moderate within the Democratic Party. Cultivating a moderate political reputation and inviting criticism from some liberals that she was insufficiently what an absolute progressive. Joke Harris this comes is. from the middle of the road moderate wing of the Democratic Party. My dear sister uh, Harris is not a radical. She is a centrist and a moderate. Ah, oh, come on, Corn. That's Cornell West. Cornell, where, what happened to your pride, man? What is this? My dear sister Harris is not a radical. She's a centrist and moderate. You know what this tells me? These people are not willing to come out and be honest about who they are. They're lying through their teeth about who this woman is. Why? I'll tell you why. It's because this country is not Twitter. 
This country is not Facebook. It is not what the Democrats think. It's not what the media thinks. You know, the media doesn't get out. They don't, it, one of the things that's happening here because of this pandemic is that fewer and fewer people are actually having personal interactions with other people. And this is true even of journalists. They're probably living in a bigger bubble than they've ever lived in. They're talking only to themselves electronically. And they're relying on things like Twitter to give them confidence that they represent a majority of thinking in the country. But this country isn't Twitter. And the fact that they're having to try to recast this this woman, it, folks, she is one of the most radical leftists in the Democrat Party, and they don't have the confidence to have her be that. The fact that they have to remake her, that they're having to recast her as some pragmatist moderate, is all we need to know about what they really think they have to do to win this election, which means not be who they are. Welcome back. Great to have you with us. Open line Friday, Rush Limbaugh. And we are honored to welcome back to our program the Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence. Welcome back, sir. Great to have you here with us today. Great to be back. Great to be here on uh, Open Line Friday. You know, I'm a longtime listener, Rush, and it's uh, great to join you. Join you from the White House. I saw you on TV the other night. You were on with Sean Hannity, and I thought you were fantastic in, in your ability to define Kamala Harris and do it factually and reasonably because, Mr. Vice President, to my expert and practiced political uh, uh, analyst eye, it appears they're going to try to convert her into something that she's not, some pragmatist or centrist moderate in order to attract suburbanites <laughs> and, and women. How are you going to, are you going to reposition her? Are you going to let that stand and, and deal with her in other ways? How, how are you going to deal with because uh, because they're going to do everything they can to keep Biden in the basement. They don't want him coming out. She's going to be the 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 voice, if you will, the face of the campaign for the foreseeable future. That's going to be on you. Well, I was in Iowa yesterday and uh, and said then what I said the other night on television, Rush, which is I I think the selection of California liberal Senator Kamala Harris. Uh, as Joe Biden's running mate, simply confirms everything President Trump and I have been saying about Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. I mean, Joe Biden and the Democratic Party have been overtaken by the radical left, and their agenda is higher taxes, socialized medicine, open borders, abortion on demand, uh, and, and, uh, and cutting or defunding, or as Kamala Harris said not long ago, reimagining Police, and we're just gonna we're gonna lay that out, compare that to President Trump's agenda and record of the last three and a half years of of rebuilding our military, cutting taxes, fighting for free and fair trade, rolling back regulation, appointing conservatives to our courts at every level, building more than 250 miles of border wall, uh, standing for the right to life for our religious liberties, and as I did yesterday in a barn surrounded by law enforcement officers in Iowa, we're going to continue to stand without apology for the men and women of law enforcement at every level. When she was introduced, she had one of the biggest whoppers that I've heard in politics, and that's saying something. Started blaming uh, the president, uh, by extension you, uh, for destroying uh, some magically great economic expansion started by Obama. Uh, I mean, it's proof that they – she'll say whatever they put on the teleprompter for her to say. 
and, and, and that that see those are the kind of things that if I were you, I would be blowing a gasket. You have to keep your cool about it. But that just an out and out over the top lie. And you wonder you you hear this and you say, the American people figure this out on their own. Are we going to have to educate them about this? Well, I think the American people the the American people know uh, the facts. You know, it's in many ways. Sometimes I listen to. I listen to liberals like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and I'm reminded of what Groucho Marx said, which is, you know, who are you going to believe, me or your own eyes? I mean, the, the, the American people saw under Barack Obama and Joe Biden, we had the slowest recovery over those eight years in any period of time since the Great Depression. Uh, in fact, the reality is because of the foundation that President Trump and our administration poured, uh, in, in our first three years of less taxes, less regulation, more American energy, free and fair trade, we've actually seen this economy in the last three months uh, add more Americans back to work, add more jobs to this economy in three months than Joe Biden and Barack Obama uh, saw created over their entire eight-year period. Yeah, that's an incredible. The American people see what this president has done. It's it's a pathway toward uh, economic recovery. That's why I said in Iowa yesterday, you know, we're we're going to continue to work every day uh, to make sure that uh, that we have the testing, that we have the personal protective equipment, that we're developing the medicines, that we're driving relentlessly toward a vaccine to that day that we put this coronavirus in the past. But as we open up America, work to open up America's schools. The other thing we have to do before the end of this year to make sure that we bring this economy all the way back. And then some is reelect President Donald Trump for four more years, because you look at their agenda, the agenda of, uh, of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I mean, it's amazing to think that as the American people are, are standing back up, more than nine million Americans have gone back to work since the coronavirus pandemic struck our country from China. They're actually planning to raise taxes by $4 trillion. They want to impose a $2 trillion version of the Green New Deal on the American economy. Add, add to that all the rest of their big government agenda. It just it makes it very, very clear to bring this economy back. We've got to make sure to reelect President Donald Trump. Mr. Vice President, I want to I'm going to ask you a question here that that um, is is going to try to capitalize on your vast lifetime experience in retail politics. Um, I agree with everything you just said, and in, as far as um, many informed people are concerned, there's no contest between who has the better economic agenda, who's got the better economic record, who's got the better economic performance, but. You've run for election and re-election countless times, and you are well aware of the things that determine how people vote. And right now, people are nervous. They're very frightened over the status of the virus, uh, of the economy. Are we going back to school? Uh, college football isn't going to play. The NFL and sports is not what it is. How do you, how do you campaign um, in, in circumstances like this, which... People might be saying to themselves, we just want to change things up. This is just not going well right now. No matter who's in charge, no matter how much we like them, we just need to change things up because this is just too unpredictable. And but how do you fight that, the, the, the actual uh, conditions and circumstances on the ground at the time of your campaign? Well, I think, you know, my second favorite president is Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I've got a portrait of him here in my office. Dave, I've seen it. The days of his administration. 
Abraham Lincoln said it well. He said, give the people the facts and the republic will be saved. I mean, the, the facts are that because of what this president did when he suspended all travel from China and stood up the White House Coronavirus Task Force, and a week later when we got the coding for the coronavirus, we began a relentless drive toward developing a vaccine. Because of this president's leadership, we, we saw the manufacture and the distribution of hundreds of millions of medical supplies. Uh, no American who's ever required a ventilator has been denied a ventilator. We now are distributing remdesivir. We're developing convalescent plasma. There are hundreds of new medicines that are going through the FDA process. And I, I believe, and I just finished a White House Coronavirus Task Force meeting, I believe that we may well have a vaccine for the coronavirus for the American people before the end of this year. I think presenting all of those facts to the American people, making sure that we continue to advance the policies that are seeing our country open up again, that we continue to support efforts by governors to get kids back to school again. It's those results, it's the facts, it's the record I believe that will not just uh, it will not just uh, win the day in this election, uh, but uh, but I believe it will continue to build the confidence of the American people that uh, uh, that uh, we're opening up again. We're opening up our schools again. We're doing everything in our power with this whole of America response. Uh, and the day will come someday. I pray soon that we put the coronavirus in the past. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think the the job that you all are doing is yeoman. It is. Uh, if you if you actually succeed in securing a vaccine, uh, heck, even if it were in the first quarter of next year, that's 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 record. That's record fast. That's record speed. We've never had a vaccine for something so complicated and complex as this virus that rapidly. It, it's it's it's. Uh, if, if you're able to pull that off, that's going to be just amazing rush when i when i and you're you're very kind to say the job that you are doing and i i give full credit to this president for his strong leadership from the first days uh, that we heard about the coronavirus i mean remember joe joe biden criticized president trump's decision to suspend all travel from china literally the day that he did it, and then repeatedly criticized it over a period of months. It would be months later that he would even concede the fact that what the president had done was right. But no president in American history had ever suspended travel from another country, let alone from the second largest country and economy in the world. But President Trump did it because he always puts the interest of America first, always puts the health of America first. And But I will tell you, as the head of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, when the president did that rush, it bought us an invaluable amount of time to stand up the American response. We were, we were able to reinvent testing. Now more than 70 million tests have been performed all across the country. That's, that's I think, more than six times more than any other country in the world. That's astounding. We saw, we saw companies across the country like GE Healthcare and Ford and General Motors repurpose entire manufacturing lines to build ventilators. We saw we saw companies that, that repurpose their factories to, to create masks and gloves and face shields. You know, you know, if there's only one way to describe this response, add to that the medicines, add to that to your point, Rush. Vaccines usually take years and years and years yeah. 
to develop, and then they take longer than that to manufacture. Under this president, we're in phase three clinical trials with multiple promising coronavirus vaccines, and that's all happened in in just a little more than half a year. And most remarkably, at the president's direction, we're already manufacturing the vaccine so that as soon as one of these is determined to be completely safe and effective, we will have tens of millions of doses of this vaccine to, detri- to distribute to the American people on day one. I, I sum it all up, Rush, is just saying, as, as the other side, as, as most of your major cable television networks focus on any negative fact that they can ever find out there, that my, I couldn't be more proud of the way not only this president has led, but the way the American people have responded. Only in America could we have met this moment the way we have met it. And we're going to continue to work 24-7 until the day comes we put this coronavirus in the past. A testament to the president. But, Rush, as you know, and your millions of listeners across America. Millions and millions and millions of them. Yes, they're all out there. Millions and millions. I'm telling you, Rush, I hope everyone in the sound of my voice sees this as a national accomplishment. It's what we've done together. We grieve for the loss of the more than 160,000 Americans who've lost their lives. We pray for them and for their families. We're going to continue to work our hearts out uh, to save lives and protect uh, the vulnerable. But, but from the outset of this, I'm absolutely convinced that because of this president's leadership, because of governors we've worked with around the country, our incredible health care workers, first responders, and the cooperation of the American people, I, I believe that we have saved lives across this country uh, and, and we have responded to this coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, in, in a way that's that's made made a fundamental difference in the life of this nation, Mr. Vice President. I know you got to go, but I just need to say one thing: your your entire appearance here. If you if and I I I don't mean to be presumptuous here at all, but your entire appearance has been exactly what is needed. You have had facts. You've got the facts on your side. You have recited the facts in an understandable, persuadable way. You own the good news in everything that you own the good news on the economy. You own the good news on dealing with the the unrest on the streets of America on the pandemic. And if, if you've got the facts on your side. There's nobody better at reciting them as you just did in this appearance. It's 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 awe inspiring and confidence inspiring. And I'm 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 glad to have had you here to hear it today. Thank you, Rush. I'm very humbled by that and so grateful. I know the president is as well for the support and the prayers of your millions and millions and millions. And millions and millions and millions. millions We have uh, we have uh, a lot of prayers for you, sir, and everybody in the administration. Thank you again for making time for us. We always appreciate it. Thank you, Rush. Vice President Mike Pence, we got to take a little break, a little long here, but back in a minute. Greetings and welcome back. Rush Limbaugh, Open Line Friday. I want to go back, folks, to the the point. This is a this is a really important point. The Democrats have chosen in Kamala Harris one of the most radical leftists in the Democrat Party. I'm not saying that to bash radical leftists. I'm pointing out they have nominated, they put somebody on the ticket that their base is demanding. They have put somebody on the ticket that they had to put on the ticket that is known 
as a radical leftist in order to turn out their base, in order to turn out Twitter. In the midst of all of this, they are trying to convince everybody that she's not who she is. Now, I don't care. I don't care who you are, and I don't care what you're trying to do. If you, if your starting point is a denial of who you are, then you are not operating from a position of strength. If you have to construct an identity that is the exact opposite of who you are, and yet you have been chosen because who you are, and yet you can't be public about it, you got big problems. And this is where the Democrats find themselves now. They're going to do everything they can to privately tell people, don't worry, when you hear her campaign as a centrist and a pragmatist and a moderate and a soccer mom, this is what we have to do right now to win. But when all is said and done and after we win, then she's going to become who you think she is. Now, why do all this if they're actually winning? Their polls show them up 12, 10, 8, wherever Every poll shows Biden just creaming Trump every which way from Sunday. So if that's true, then why all the games? Why all the faint? Why all the deception? They are pretending that they are not liberal. They are pretending that she is not liberal or radical left. Which means that they know privately, that the country isn't where they are. Because, folks, I'm telling you, if they were confident that this country was radical left, if they were confident they had pulled it off, that they had converted a majority of Americans to Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all that, they wouldn't be playing any of these games. They wouldn't be trying to fool people about who she is and who she isn't. What this means is that they are not so confident of their automatic victory. They're not confident of it at all. Contrary to what you might see in the drive-by media, contrary to what you might hear them say, uh, Biden or Kamala Harris or any of the Democrats, they are not confident that they're going to win this. I think, in fact, I think their confidence is way, way down compared to what they're trying to make everybody believe. Again, time is racing by. Another brief break, and we will continue when we have more Get Back. Don't go anywhere. I'll tell you something else that's going to happen. The people running these polls are going to keep these polls fake. They're going to keep Reuters, Politico, Quinnipiac, whatever. They're going to average them out so that Trump never gets any higher than 45. The reason for that, that will allow Biden to stay in the basement. If Trump gets higher than 45... 47, 48, that would draw Biden out. They can't afford that. I will explain when we get back. The views expressed by the host on this program, documented to be almost always right. 99.8% of the time, it's Friday. Let's hit it. Live from the Southern Command in sunny South Florida, it's Open Line Friday. And that means you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, folks. You can ask questions, make comments. Doesn't have to be anything you think I care about. Whatever is on your mind, 800-282-2882 is the number. And if you want to send an email, we check them. It is lrushbow at eibnet.us. 
There's other news out there besides politics. Well, it's that's not correct because everything is politics now. Sadly, you can't you really can't take politics out of anything because the left has infused politics into practically everything. Here's a actually a good example of that. Here's the headline NFL to ditch on field anthem singers this season and military and police honor guards could also be limited. Now, why do you think they're doing this? There's already going to be very few NFL stadiums with fans. Jerry Jones of the Cowboys says that they will be playing before a live audience. They're going to have fans in the stands at AT AT&T Stadium. I don't know how many, and I don't know how they're going to do it, but Jerry Jones is promising that there will be fans. Other teams, franchises are saying there won't be any fans. But I think that this is something that has long been an objective of the American left. You all remember, and I don't know how many years ago this is now, but it's it's got to be at least five and maybe maybe more. There was a survey that came out that found that the sight of the American flag on the 4th of July with patriotic music tends to make people vote Republican. It tends to make people support Republicans. In other words, the flag and the outward signs of patriotism naturally incline people toward the Republican Party. It makes perfect sense to me. The American left, the Democrat Party, has made it abundantly clear over the years that they are anti-outward signs of patriotism. I mean, it's it's two decades now that... that um, American TV anchors do not feel comfortable wearing American flag lapel pens, you know, because it's it's compromising their objectivity, you see. Oh, yes. yes. Can't show favoritism, um, even though you are an American, even though the library of your freedom, the Constitution, is a distinct American thing. No, I can't. I can't show my favoritism. And I think ever since that survey came out, and it was a Harvard it has something to do with Harvard. I'm, I'm not. I think it was a Harvard survey, or it was something that took place. Uh, the results of it were in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I thought ever since then, the left has been doing everything they can to limit such patriotic uh, displays as the flag at sporting events. And so here comes the NFL. They're going to ditch on-field anthem singers. They're going to ditch military and police honor guards, could also be limited. And I think, folks, this is the real goal of the left through all of these years of digs at the NFL and at football in general. Get them to remove all ties to anything patriotic at these events. And I think the effort is is also um, underway and would have been more so under college football had they decided to play this year. But it's, it is true, I'll never forget it, seeing patriotic images made people tend to lean right and vote Republican. And ever since then, the Democrat Party has been hell-bent on getting rid of these symbols. So when Kaepernick came along, and started taking a knee and protesting the flag. Oh, that was Nirvana. That's one of the reasons they supported it. It was one of the reasons that Kaepernick had so many people on his side is because it fit right in 
with this objective of of uh, limiting exposure to patriotic symbols such as the uh, the American flag. Now, here's a story. Cases of the COVID virus are surging in Hawaii. And there's two things about this that are amazing. One, Hawaii has been locked down since March. I, I don't, I don't, I literally don't understand how anybody who owns property or a business or an ongoing concern in Hawaii still has it. They have not been open. Hotels have not been open. Restaurants haven't been open. They have not been open. And now they've got one of the most strict mask mandates. And yet cases are surging. How do you explain this? If you go to Hawaii, you immediately have to stay in your hotel room for two weeks. The minute you get off the plane, they track you. They follow you. They go to your hotel with you. They spy on you. They make sure that you do not leave your hotel room for two weeks. So nobody's going. There aren't any hotels open anyway. The restaurants aren't open. Well, some of the hotels are open, but it's weird. It's, 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 you can't... You, 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 how is this possible? How with no travel, how with everything shut down, how is it that cases in Hawaii are surging, especially with the strict mask mandate? It, it, look, if mask mandates were ever going to work to stop the spread, it would have occurred in Hawaii, which is isolated from the rest of the world on all sides. In fact, the exact opposite happened. How in the world is it spreading? Well, it's obviously coming in in goods that are shipped into Hawaii from various other parts of the world, such as Food or what have same dynamic is unfolding in New Zealand. That country had been in a perpetual state of lockdown since March at an unfathomably painful cost, but they were singing the praises because there was no there were no cases of COVID nineteen for months. Now they've discovered a new cluster spreading throughout various communities. Where did it come from? I mean, the virus does what the virus does. The only question is whether you will destroy your country while it does. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know, the hubris of people thinking that they can deal with this in, in ways that just are entirely ineffective, like locking down and shutting down and destroying your state, destroying a city. And wherever this is, I guarantee you, it's happening where leftists are running the show. Just mind-boggling is uh, is what it is. Uh, let's see, what else we have? Kansas health officials present manipulated deceptive chart to mislead public about mask effectiveness. United States Postal Service just admitted mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania may not be delivered in time. Maryland opened statewide hotline to report potential coronavirus distancing violations. So it begins here, folks. Who are the fascists? Report your neighbors. Report your neighbors who are not wearing masks. Report your neighbors who are not following all of the guidelines. They're asking for people to do this in the state of Maryland. And where does this stop? Report your neighbors.
for voting Republican. Report your neighbors for having a dinner party. And, of course, it's all done anonymously. So I, <laughs> you watch all this go down, and, and, and it's, 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 it's kind of it's, it's mind-boggling. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the, the, the struggle, not struggling, but I'm trying to figure out how best to persuade people about who Kamala Harris is. And I go back and forth, uh, ask, does it really even matter who Biden chose? Because they're, they are who they are. It doesn't matter, you know, whether she's the vice presidential nominee or not. They're going to, they're going to, the Democrat Party is what it is. And that's what's going to have to be explained to people. Um, and I think if you, my, my thinking on this is if you target an individual, and I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be critical, but I've watched a lot of TV this week, and I've watched a lot of attempts people have made to characterize her and to educate people about her and to try to inform people about who she is and what she believes. And some of it makes me uncomfortable because it... it and I guess it's it's unavoidable, but it comes across as a a personal attack. How could it not? But then I ask myself, how effective is that? As somebody who has been doing this for 32, 33 years and attempting to identify liberals for people and explain liberalism and the ideology, um, I'm going back and forth on how best to be effective. And I think just targeting her as a single entity tends to make people get defensive. Why are you attacking the woman? Why are you attacking the girl? You you conservatives, you always do this. I think she has to be held up as, as nothing different, as nothing special. There's nothing particularly unique about her. She's classic in terms of who they all are. I think the effort here needs to be to continue to inform people, educate people about the Democrat Party as a whole and what will happen to the country if they secure power, not just Kamala Harris and what will happen if she. I know she's going to be front runner for president if Plugs doesn't make it. I know there are people who think that Plugs isn't even going to be on the ticket by the time the election comes around. There are people who think she is actually the nominee, that this is a Democrat Party plan, that something's going to happen. Plugs can't go. Plugs can't make it. Now they've got her. Now they're positioning her as the pragmatist and the centrist, and she's going to be a nominee. Have you seen that Hillary Clinton, by the way, is uh, saying she'd be happy to work in a Biden administration? This woman is pathetic. Laughably pathetic. Hillary Clinton doing whatever she can to, uh, to try to hold on and relive or maybe experience the glory days that Trump's victory denied her. It's pathetic and laughable at the same time. Well, no, let me give an example of what I mean. Uh, let, let's, go, let's go through some things here about, about Kamala Harris. In the United States Senate, she had the most liberal voting record last year. She had a more liberal voting record than even Bernie Sanders. She is in favor of things like late-term abortion. She thinks Catholics are not fit to serve on the Supreme Court. She has tried to criminalize 
climate change denial. She wants to criminalize the manufacture of guns. She wants to provide taxpayer-funded health care to illegal immigrants, free. She once compared ICE, Immigration Customs Enforcement, to the Ku Klux Klan. Nevertheless, she was endorsed by police unions when she was California's top prosecutor, when she was the attorney general. She is an Indian-American candidate to one audience, an African-American candidate to another. Her father owned slaves. Her family were slave owners. She was not. They're from Jamaica, depending on the day you talk to them. So, and this is just a partial list of things about her. Uh, Miranda Devine in the New York Post writes, she's the presidential candidate by proxy yet is protected from the usual scrutiny that goes with the position. She won't have to debate Trump. She doesn't even have to be likable to voters whatsoever. She is there because of identity politics. She's there because she's a woman and a woman of color, not because she's the best, not because she's got the most meritorious record. She's there strictly because she checks off identity politics boxes. But the point is, folks, that no matter who they chose... You're going to be able to say much the same thing about all of them. It is the entire Democrat Party that people need to be educated about, informed on, what have you. She is not, even though she's radical and even though she may be one of the most glaring examples, she's not uncommon. She's very, very typical of who the Democrat Party is today. And it is the entirety of the Democrat Party that people need to be educated about and informed of. And I think, just speaking for me, it will be far easier to inform people on a party rather than focus on an individual, particularly a woman, particularly a woman of color, which is uh, naturally going to have people say, why are you hitting the woman? You shouldn't hit the woman. Should you attack the woman? It's not fair. It's not nice. It's unbecoming. It's a, but when you go after the party uh, as a whole, then that's that's a whole different ballgame. And it also has the added benefit of being true. And it is the Democrat Party in entirety that we are up against. It's the Democrat Party and it's, its total turn to radical liberalism that threatens the American way of life. And that's what this campaign is about, is preserving the American way of life. And it is threatened by the Democrat Party, not just by Kamala Harris and not just by Joe Biden. It is threatened by every Democrat that is out there in elective office. Take your pick of any of them. Biden could have put any of them on the ticket and we would still be facing the same threats. We would be facing the same dangers, and we would be facing the same challenges. Now, they may think that putting a woman of color is something historic, and that this is going to pave the way for them and get them some extra votes. But we've been the history route. We've been there, done that. We've had the first African-American president. We've had the first female nominee. That would be Hillary. So... 
first woman of color to be a vice presidential pick, big whoop. The, the historical aspect of this is not nearly as powerful as it once was. Anyway, I got to take a break. I just saw the clock. Sit tight, folks. We'll be back and continue after this. First-time jobless claims fall before 1 million, fall below 1 million for the first time since March. This is progress. From a disappointed CNN, they're terribly depressed over this. First-time jobless claims fall below 1 million for the first time since March. The actual number, 963,000 Americans filed for regular first-time unemployment benefits last week. This is a seasonally adjusted basis. The first time in five months that the number has dipped below 1 million. This according to the Department of Labor. Now, wait a minute. I thought Trump shut down the economy. Didn't Kamala Harris come along in her announcement speech and talk about how Trump had destroyed the economy? A great expanding economy left to him by Barack Obama? The Democrat Party wouldn't know what an expanding economy is. And when they find one, they look at it as though it is an enemy and needs to have something done to it. It needs to be be shut down. Uh, Biden has suggested something, uh, folks, yesterday, wearing masks everywhere for three months. Now, by doing this, By insisting that it is imperative to wear masks everywhere, everybody, for three months. This is plugs doubling down on the basement strategy. This is how plugs intends to keep himself unavailable. There's two things, and I want you to keep a sharp eye on this. In the real clear politics, poll to polls, the average of the polls or any of the individual polls, Reuters, Quinnipiac, the objective is going to be to make sure Trump's approval number never goes above 45. If the number stays at 45 or lower, then Biden doesn't have to come out. It means that they will they will look at it as as uh, Biden not being threatened. If Trump's approval number were to shoot up above 45, then that might draw Biden out, which they can't afford. They do not want to have to get Biden out of the basement. So don't don't look for these polls to show Trump's approval number ever to go above 45. I'd be shocked if it happens. Same thing with this mask business. This is plugs attempt to remain unavailable. It's just too dangerous, folks. It's too dangerous for everybody to go out there. Everybody must wear the mask for three months because they can't afford for Joe Biden to leave the basement back in just a moment. Having more fun than a human being should be allowed to have Rush Limbaugh, America's real anchorman, meeting and surpassing all audience expectations Every day. All right. Let's give it a shot here. Josh in Nina, Wisconsin, is near Appleton. Great to have you on the program, sir. Hello. Hello, Russ. How are you? I'm doing great, sir. I'm glad you called. How are you doing, sir? Very good. It's beautiful here. I just wanted to first off send our, uh, let you know we're sending our prayers for our family to you. That uh, I appreciate. I think they're working, sir. So I think I really today. do think they're working. I appreciate that. That's wonderful. Uh, what I, I'll get right to the point here. What I was calling about was 
like you said, we were from Wisconsin. We were getting bombarded by advertisements for Trump and Biden both. And uh, when Trump first started putting advertisements out, they were really pro-American to the point where they could make the hair on your arm stand up and, you know, make it really proud of our country. And it seems that it's flipped where he's attacking, and we've been Trump supporters and still are and will be in 2020. But uh, Biden's put out advertisements that could almost fool you into thinking that, you know, he's just like, you know, me and my wife and our three children, and, you know, he's all American and, and it, honestly, I was talking. Now, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, wait, are you saying that Trump's TV commercials are 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 negative? That they're they're fear based? Correct. Exactly. That's and it I'm plugs saying. his it's commercials. Biden's so commercials are positive and upbeat and pro America. Exactly. And the thing is, is okay. Well, now, wait. Now, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I just I, I have not seen one of these fear based Trump commercials. Could you describe one for me? Uh, well, there's one in particular where there's an older gal watching uh, television about the riots and all this stuff. And the guy's sneaking around her house and tries to break in. And she calls 911 and it falls and it's saying what it would be in, in Biden's America. And the the Biden ones are him, you know, driving a Corvette and, you know, Showing him and his family and his younger. Okay. And would, All right. I've like seen a- I've seen that commercial. I've seen that commercial. Let me let me let me respond here as only I can. That commercial that you say is fear based is right on the money. The Democrat Party is in the process of defunding police departments in states and cities that they run, and that Trump commercial is an illustration of what's going to happen after they succeed. You're going to call 911 and nobody's coming. Or if they do come, it's going to be 45 minutes. It's going to be an hour or what have you. It is something to be scared about. The Democrat Party is something to be very, very worried about and scared about. Now, as for Biden, Biden is stealing the Trump agenda. I've marveled at this. Biden is doing everything he can to make it look like the Democrat Party is pro-America, pro-jobs, pro-this, pro-that. It is the exact opposite of what the Democrat Party actually is going to do. Now, you would say, well, it doesn't care. don't care, Rush. It's still effective. It's making it look like that the, the, the Biden campaign's pro-America and that Trump is scaring people and so forth. I don't blame the Trump people for that commercial. I think defunding the cops is a horrible thing, and they are doing it. They actually are going to defund. They're going to try to re, what's the word, rearrange, reimagine the way police departments act. The police chief in Seattle just quit because she can't deal with it anymore. She can't handle it anymore. They're cutting her budget. They're making it impossible for her to lead the department. This is in in Seattle, and it is something that everybody needs to be made aware of. And the, and the media, sir, is not covering what's happening in these blue states. They're not covering what's happening in Portland, not covering what's happening in Seattle. And so the Trump campaign is doing what it can to educate people about it. The other side of this, with the Biden campaign trying to run pro-America commercials, this is something that's going to have to be dealt with because they're lying through their teeth. And this is something that that... If they're not careful, they're going to alarm their own supporters. This is not how their own supporters see America. And it just is another sign, another indication that the Democrats have an identity crisis that they are very aware of.
um, not just Biden commercials, but I've actually heard Biden speak from his basement. Uh, and it is it has been plagiarism in terms of literally co-opting the Trump economic agenda and uh, uh, positive aspects of it. Now, I, I want to try to combine that analysis with with something else here regarding Kamala Harris as the as the nominee. If you go back to the actual Democrat primaries and the presidential campaign, remember I said she was the first to drop out. She she was polling the absolute lowest. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that during the moment of truth, when the Democrat voters around the country were in the process of judging and analyzing all these different 16, 20 people running for the presidential nomination, Democrat voters wanted nothing to do with her. I don't mean to sound mean. I'm just telling they wanted nothing to do with her. She was not lighting it up. She was not creating any enthusiasm. Even when she went after plugs and said that she believed the women who said that plugs harassed them. When she went after plugs as a dyed-in-the-wool segregationist racist. All of that stuff was calculated. It was memorized. She is, I'll tell you, the problem with Kamala Harris is that she's fake. And they're allow, she's allowing them to fake her up even more. She is a total fake. She will say whatever they put on that teleprompter. The truth of who she is is the truth of what the Democrat Party is. So Democrat voters, here's the, here's the connection. Democrat voters wanted nothing to do with her. And yet, Democrat power brokers have chosen her as essentially the presidential nominee. What do you mean, folks? I don't, I don't know how long Biden's going to make it. But all this talk about him not serving a second term, he's not going to serve a first term if he wins. Uh, he may serve a day and then quit. He may serve a week and then quit. Or he may not even serve at all. He may have to resign before the election. He may resign after the election if he wins it and turn it over to Kamala. My point is, she was rejected. She was among the first rejected by Democrat voters. And now she's the choice of Democrat power brokers. She was so deeply flawed as a candidate that she dropped out before a single vote was cast in the primaries. Are you aware of that? She didn't wait until she lost a primary. She got out before a single vote was cast. She ran out of money. She couldn't raise any money. She couldn't, she couldn't find anybody enthusiastic. And now... Now she has been chosen by power brokers in the Democrat Party over everybody else in that roster to essentially become the president if something happens to plug and he wins. Now, the fact is, as I have been saying all day, doesn't really matter who Biden chose because we are still fighting the Democrat Party. We're fighting the same bunch of people we have been fighting my entire adult life and yours. We are fighting 
liberalism, except now it is unabashedly and proudly open up to full Marxism and communism. No matter the phony moderate record of Team Biden, the fact is the Democrat Party is now home to the domestic equivalent of the old Soviet Union. Yes, I intended to say it, and yes, I mean it. You're seeing it play out nightly in Chicago. How about, did you see the the uh, soundbite? Now, we've got it here, if I can. The woman that said looting is essentially reparations because these businesses have insurance. Let me see if I can find it. Is it number 16? Play it. Three, two, one. I don't care if somebody decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike because that makes sure that that person eats. That makes sure that that person has clothes. That makes sure that that person can make some kind of money because this city obviously doesn't care about them. Not only that, that's reparations. That is reparation. Woman's name is Ariel Atkins. This was during a Black Lives Matter protest last Monday in support of looters who were arrested. I don't care if somebody decides to loot a Gucci or Macy's or Nike because that makes sure that that person eats. That person has clothes. It makes sure that person can make some kind of money. Make money by stealing it. He went on to say, these businesses all have insurance. They're going to be paid off. This is reparations. That's the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is not going to condemn that. And it doesn't matter if Kamala Harris is the vice presidential nominee or not. That is who the Democrat Party is. And you're seeing this stuff play out every night in Chicago, in Seattle, in Portland, in Minneapolis, almost anywhere and everywhere. Democrat governors and mayors are ruling unchecked. Quick timeout. Fastest three hours in media. We'll be right back. Don't go away, folks. It's open line Friday. Rush Limbaugh with half my brain tied behind my back just to make it fair. This is Diana in Seattle. And welcome. Great to have you here with us today. Hi, Rush. Hey, I just want to say, first of all, love you and we're praying for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm a little nervous, so, but I just wanted to point out, I think what you touched on earlier is absolutely true. I think that the Democrats are not confident because if you look at the blue states or the states that are um, for the mail-in voting that are changing, they're all blue states that should automatically have it wrapped up, right? So I'm thinking, because I'm, I'm in Seattle, obviously, and all the states that are wanting the mail-in and voting, uh, you know, they're they're pushing for this, but I think they also know that the people like me, all your listeners, we're really fed up with it. We're fed up with the rioting, the homelessness, you know, the, the COVID thing. And I think that they um, are, are doing this because they're in real danger of losing their states to Republicans. Uh, wait, you think the Democrats fear losing the state of Washington to Republicans? Yep. I do, because you know what? I I was uh, at the Trump rally in 2016 in Everett, and there were, I waited in line for six hours with my husband, and there was like 12,000 people there. And I was just at the the Back the Blue rally um, this last weekend before the vote, and it was unreal how many people were there. I think think there's a huge, overwhelming silent majority, and I think that the, the Democrats are starting to figure it out. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Charlie Cook, who uh, runs a massive 
political operation in Washington. He's one of the gurus, and he predicts every race, every House race, every Senate race, the, pre- the presidency. And he says he has never seen a blue wave like this. He has staked his company's reputation on this. That he just put out a report today that a, that another I, I forgot the number, but it's an incredible number of districts have now been switched blue, and he's 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 uh, banking on the on the fact that the Democrats are going to win the House, keep the House, they're going to win the Senate, they're going to they're going to win the White House, they're going to own Washington. Now, Charlie Cook doesn't want to be wrong. Charlie Cook reputation can't afford to be wrong. This this is this this latest report of his is not toss up. It's not close. It's not could go either way. He is saying right now that it is over for the Republicans and maybe forever is how bad this defeat is going to be. You on the other hand believe because of a rally in 2016 that the Republicans and Trump could win the state of Washington in November because there's this great silent majority out there. I know a lot of people believe that there is a great silent majority out there of people just waiting to go to the ballot box. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you how many people I know who think the same thing. But you have it's by the way, Charlie Cook, all he does is take existing. He doesn't do his own polls. He, he analyzes. Well, I say that. He may do some of his own polls, but what he does is analyze all the others as well and then puts them into his particular formula uh, to make his uh, make his projections and, and, and predictions. And I'm telling you, folks, it isn't close. And it's true of all the other polling and modeling data that's out there. It's not close. I mean, it's being portrayed as slam dunk Republican massive loss. These people can't afford to be wrong. Now, there's plenty of time for all of this to change, but they are really giving themselves a tough thing to do. I mean, the, the amount of change that they say would be necessary for Trump to turn this around has never happened in American politics before. So one of two things is going on. Either they're right or they are so desperate that they are throwing it all up against the wall. And hoping beyond hope that they can affect a win by making it appear that Trump and the Republicans have no prayer, no choice whatsoever, that it's that over. Now, your, your example about mail-in voting in states that they already think they're going to win, the one thing about Democrats is that... Uh, and, and liberals per se, don't think just because they're pushing for this in their own states that it means they're worried about losing their own states. This is about they eventually want this to happen everywhere. What what they're actually pushing for here is to get rid of elections. And I know every time I say this, some of you blanch and some of you think, Rush, that's way too far out there. That's way too extreme. I'm, folks, I'm not talking about tomorrow or the next election, but I'm telling you that we're dealing with a bunch of totalitarians. We're dealing with a bunch of authoritarians. We're dealing with a bunch of people who do not think there should be any opposition. We're dealing with people who think there is no legitimate opposition. 
We're dealing with people. The only thing they don't control is elections. Look at how out of sorts they were over losing in 2016. What if they could fix it so there weren't any elections? They didn't have to win any elections anymore. This is what they're targeting. This is what their ultimate objective is. And one of the ways of getting there is just to create so much chaos in the electoral apparatus that nobody trusts it anymore. And they got a good start on that by trying to ramrod all of this Trump-Russia confusion and meddling and all that, this lying hoax that they ran. Um, yeah, I got to take a quick time out. But I will continue with this when we get back. So don't go anywhere. No, 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 no. I think Charlie Cook is full of it. Charlie Cook said Hillary would beat Trump in 2016. October 13th, 2016, Cook tweeted, take a close look at the Fox News poll. The race is over. Cook went on to declare from then on that Trump had no path to the White House. Cook has been wrong, and he's wrong now. I'm just talking about how over-the-top wrong these people are going to end up being. Never seen anything like this. We'll be right back. Hi, folks, and welcome back. Great to be with you. Great to be back. This is the first time I have been back during a treatment week, I think in something like three months. That should tell you a lot, folks. Live from the Southern Command in sunny South Florida, it's Open Line Friday. History Bob, the telephone number if you want to be on the program is 800-282-2882. And if you want to fire off an email... El Rushmore at EIVnet.us. I just fact-checked an email during the break. Somebody said, uh, Dear Mr. Limbaugh, the president doing a press conference today talked about how Kamala Harris was meaner and more disrespectful to Joe Biden than anybody in the Democrat primary. Why did he pick her? Um... I think, first, that observation the president made is uh, is right on the money. It's, it's absolutely uh, true, ladies and gentlemen. She was vicious. But it was phony. She's fake. Biden knows it was fake. Biden knows that it was a last-ditch effort to get noticed. The story about the little girl that got buzzed and then Joe Biden made it possible. Joe Biden was hard. I was that little girl. Oh, here come the tears. And then the business about <clears throat> um, how the uh, what was the other thing? She was all. Uh, oh, he was a racist. Segregate. She believed all of the women. It's a legitimate question. If she's if she was telling the truth, if she believes these women, if she thinks that Biden is a serial abuser. And if she believes that Joe Biden is literally a racist and a segregationist, what the hell is she doing on the ticket? Why did she accept it? And the answer is she doesn't believe all that stuff. That was all faked up. It was all manufactured in a last-ditch effort to save a flailing campaign of hers. Remember, she was the first one out. She was the first one to split even before there had been any votes cast. So, And Biden knows it. Now, here's the, the other thing about it is that Biden doesn't care. Biden probably didn't even make the choice, folks. May we go there? Can we make the point? Yes, because it's my program and I'm going to. I don't think he even made the pick. Somebody else running this show from behind the scenes. She has been told the way things are going to go down, depending on various options. You know, what happens to Biden? Does he make it? Does he not make it? Does he win? Does he lose? 
<clears throat> if he wins, does he have the ability to aim be inaugurated? They've got I guarantee you they have a, a plan for every scenario. And she has been told what her role is going to be in every one of these potential uh, scenarios. But the idea that she would accept the pick, knowing the guy, believing he's a, a segregationist racist and a serial abuser, yeah, she didn't mean it. Obviously, she didn't mean it. If she did mean it, if she really believes that Joe Biden's all those horrible things, then what is she doing on the ticket? Well, pure opportunism. It's just classic illustration of the phoniness that is rampant in so much of American politics. You know what the Republican convention theme this year is going to be? They've announced it. Honoring the great American story. The theme for the 2020 Republican National Convention, honoring the great American story, set to highlight America's greatness, America's opportunity, and President Trump's bold leadership. The first day of the convention falls on Monday, August the 24th, will be devoted to the land of promise. On Tuesday, the focus will be the land of opportunity. On Wednesday, the highlight will be the land of heroes. And on Thursday, speakers will discuss the land of greatness. Everything the Democrat Party has been ripping to shreds for the last couple of months, every statue they've been tearing down, every looting and every explosion and every bit of unrest in every city they've been behind, the exact opposite of what the Democrat Party has been standing for has been illustrating itself to represent Now, one more thing here. I have two stories about Kamala Harris. One's from The Spectator, and one is uh, one of the the, uh, oddball sports websites. The NBA has fired a freelance photographer because he insulted Kamala Harris. His name is Bill Baptiste. Maybe pronounces it Baptist. I don't know. There's no E on the end of it. He's a freelance photographer. He's been working for the NBA inside its bubble at the Disney World Complex in Orlando as the NBA goes through its supposed season here. He's an independent contractor, had the deal terminated by the league after he posted a sexist Facebook post referencing Kamala Harris. He posted an image that read Joe and Ho, H-O-E. Now, what do you think that's about, Joe and the Ho? Well, that takes me to the second story. They got rid of him, by the way. WNBA legend Cheryl Swoops who was aware of the photographer after he worked for the Houston Comets, was among those to comment on the situation before the NBA's decision. She says, so this guy works for the NBA, covers the Houston Rockets, been around for a while, even worked for the Houston Comets. Amazing how people will smile in your face, but eventually their true colors will show. Anyway, so he's gone, Joe and the hoe. Then there is this from The Spectator. Why it should matter to women that Kamala slept her way up. Whoa. You know what that's about. 
That's about Willie Brown. Willie Brown, the former Speaker of California Assembly, former Mayor of San Francisco, he's 31 years older than she is, and, and, and he was her mentor. And he has been very open about the fact they had an affair while he was uh, married. He's been very open about the fact that the affair they had is what boosted her up. He has written about the affair. He's been very open, upfront about it. He's talked about how now she's um, they're no longer having an affair. They're no longer having a sharing of uh, emotions. Now she's married to a great guy and everything's fine. But if it weren't for him doing all this talking, this would not be a story. It's no secret, but public knowledge, that Kamala Harris slept her way up into California political life by being a very public escort and mattress for California Democrat kingmaker Willie Brown. Now, some people read this story, mattress, didn't he mean mistress? No, I think they meant mattress here. I think Dove Fisher is the author of the story. So we we have two different stories here that are trading off the known fact that she was Willie Brown's mattress. And that he has written about it and that he has talked about how it propelled her that he ended up being one of her mentors. Now, normally, a story like this would, two stories like, would generate shock, outrage, and anger. How dare you? How dare you bring this up? How dare you accuse her? How dare, but it's problematic because Willie Brown has not just admitted it. He's kind of, kind of promoted this. I mean, years ago, by what it, well, even months ago, during the California, Dem- I'm sorry, during the Democrat presidential primaries, when he when he acknowledged this. Yet the world is dominated. A couple of pull quotes in the story. Yet the world is dominated by stereotypes and by unspoken assumptions. Joe Biden tells a black voter that uh, if he's not sure he's voting for Biden and you ain't black. Nobody talks to white voters that way. Among the stereotypes and assumptions that unfairly hinder many women is the unspoken whisper that she probably slept her way up to that position. It's a terrible stereotype. It hurts women terribly. Do most women sleep their way up? No. Do many? No. Do some? Well, probably a few. And those few do horrific harm to the image and reputations of the 99-plus percent of women who earned everything they've achieved in their lives. Next pull quote, that's why Kamala Harris, who openly, brazenly slept her way into California Democrat state politics by publicly hooking up with the very married Willie Brown, should matter to all women, regardless of ethnicity, color, religion, or party. Just as, despite the wrong assumption on which she plays, Harris simply is not an African-American. Her parents are from India and British Jamaica. She likewise is not a woman who rose the way that Americans teach their daughters to achieve. It was not as simple as just being a mattress. Kamala Harris' story denigrates women who worked hard all their life. Now, I've just... 
Just a couple pull quotes. Imagine this, folks. These stories are out there. I have yet to see, and it may yet happen, since I now have uh, amplified them, I have yet to see any reaction to either of these stories anywhere in the drive-by media. Now, normally, this the, the, the spectator story alone would be causing these people in the, in the mainstream media to go absolutely berserk. And this guy, this photographer in, uh, in, in the NBA, Joe and the Ho. And yet there's no... There's no reaction to this whatsoever. And now, now we have something new that's been thrust uh, into American politics, and that is the question of using sex to get ahead. And as Kamala Harris might say, we should have that conversation, because she says that a lot about a lot of different things. I just find this... Um, Really, really curious. And they're really hamstrung. They can't they can't start jumping down people's throats because they've only got Willie Brown to point to for the reason this is even a story. Uh got a couple of sound bites here before we go to the break. Evan Perez, this is a CNN soundbite. CNN is reacting to the uh, news story today that an FBI lawyer has pled guilty to lying to the FBI during the investigation in the Trump-Russia collusion, the investigation of the investigation, and the investigation into the coup. Kevin Kleinsmith, this is the guy who set Carter Page up. I want you to listen to CNN report this as though they are just hearing about this for the first time. They're acting like they're really curious. They don't quite know what this is all about. Kevin Kleinsmith altered an email to say that Carter Page was not a source of the CIA uh, as part of the preparations for these documents that were, that were submitted uh, to the FISA court. So uh, Kleinsmith is now going to plead guilty to one count of making a false statement, which is sending that email, forwarding that email from the CIA officer saying that Carter Page was not a source. John, uh, obviously the president and Bill Barr have been... Uh, building expectations that something big would come before the election of, you know, from the Durham investigation. I guess that this would count as, as one, of, one of those things. Well, certainly unethical behavior. We will see if there's more between now and then or whether this is it. Uh, certainly unethical behavior. Yeah, certainly we'll see if there's any more. Uh, think there's going to be more coming here, John? Gee, we don't know. Acting like they have no idea what this is all about. The president addressed this leading off his press conference earlier today. So by number 27 in three, two, one. Kevin Kleinsmith, a corrupt FBI attorney who falsified Pfizer warrants in James Comey's very corrupt FBI, is expected to plead guilty. That's just the beginning, I would imagine, because what happened should never happen again. So he is uh, pleading guilty. Terrible thing. Terrible thing. Fact is, they spied on my campaign and they got caught. Yeah, and it is just the beginning. Um, And Attorney General Barr did say that something was coming. He didn't say it was going to be something major, but he did say 
that uh, that something was coming. Uh, PJ Media has a story today. The headline, Nunes on the Obama administration spying on the Trump campaign. It is way worse than even we thought it was. Maria Bartiromo yesterday interviewed President Trump on the Fox Business Channel. Trump told Maria Bartiromo that the Obama administration spied on my campaign, which is treason. Obama knew everything. Biden knew everything. Biden, as dumb as he may be, he knew everything. And everybody else knew everything, Maria. And you know it. And Comey and Brennan and Clapper, they were all terrible. They lied to Congress. You know, this the only one trying to get this story out nationally is Trump. The Republicans are still not doing a damn thing to help him on this. Jordan and Nunes, Jim Jordan, David Nunes, or Devin Nunes are about are about the only ones that are doing their best to uh, to, to have this story spread. And I, there's got to be a reason for there's got to be a reason why the Republicans are recalcitrant here. Maybe they some of them were involved. Hell, who knows? Uh, but the, the the Nunes news here, what he's talking about is that. Biden, according to handwritten notes from Peter Strzok, Stroke Smirk, Biden was the one who suggested using the Logan Act to target Michael Flynn. In the famous Oval Office meeting of January 5th, 2017, the meeting that, uh, that, that Obama chaired, that, that, that set up the meeting at Trump Tower the next day where Trump was explained the golden shower story from the Steele dossier. Brief break. We will continue with much more right after this. Legacy Box, that's the name of the company so many of you are using to rediscover who and what are on all those old family movies and videotapes you got stored away that you haven't seen in who knows how long because you can't watch them because the media is no longer available. VHS, Betamax, who's got that anymore? But you still have the memories, and the memories contain Super 8 movies as well. They're all locked away. And you probably threw away the VHS player, the Betamax, or whatever. But for all the right reasons, you've kept the tapes. You've kept the reels. Now you need to be able to watch them. That's what Legacy Box does. They are the company that transfers and digitizes what's on those tapes and films, sends it back to you however you want it, a computer link, thumb drive, DVDs, or all of those, if that's what you want. And you get to instantly rediscover what's there, what you haven't seen in in, in years. And then you get to share all that. You can duplicate it. You can edit it. You can copy it. You can give it to anybody in the family that you want once the images are digitized. You've got them forever. Legacy Box gets this done in just a couple of weeks' time. They send you a specially made box that's shielded and protected. Nothing gets damaged in it. You uh, you fill it up with all the stuff that you have. You send it back to them. They digitally transfer it, and they send it back to you. Two weeks. Use overnight delivery to track the shipments. Nothing gets lost. Start the project today. Legacybox.com slash rush the website. You can save 40% off their regular pricing. Legacybox.com slash rush. Grab audio soundbite number 28. This is from Trump's press conference afternoon. He did not take the bait. The bait. A uh, drive-by journalista. An info babe attempted to entrap Trump with a question about Kamala Harris. I said she treated Joe Biden 
worse than anybody else. I watched those debates. They were very boring, but they were debates nevertheless. And I watched, you know, pretty good parts of them. And she treated Biden worse than anybody else by far. There was nobody, including Pocahontas. Nobody treated Biden so badly as Kamala. Do you have an issue with a strong woman of color being in this presidential race? Do you none see, whatsoever. You don't see her as, as a threat? You, as you know, none whatsoever. No, nope, not at all. So how do you go? <clears throat> Here's Trump answering the question. Nobody treated him worse. Not even Pocahontas. Nobody treated Biden so badly as Kamala. Well, let me ask you then. Do you have an issue with a strong woman of color being in the... No, what? what not at all. What's none whatsoever? Do you see you you don't see her as a threat? Uh, none uh, whatsoever. Nope, not at all. Yeah, it was a baited question, and I'm 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 glad he did not take the bait. He's been really good about this this past couple of weeks, by the way, folks. Let's head back to the phones, Melbourne, Florida. David, uh, welcome, sir. Great to have you on the EIB Network. Hello. Hey, Rush. First time caller, and uh, praying for your health. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I'm worried that with all the unrest in all these Democratic cities and people rushing out of those cities, that actually that could flip other areas, other counties, other states by flushing these Democratic voter- voters out of the big cities. What do you think of that? Um, you're worried people leaving New York and Chicago going to other states are going to convert those states into Democrat states? Is that is that what you're... Okay. Sure, counties, you know, you know, could could affect the vote, could affect the the states, you know. Well, I think I think it's I think it's already happened. I I, I think there's evidence of this. We we speak about this constantly. Um, people leaving New York and going to Florida, and and what are they fleeing? They're fleeing policies they voted for. They're fleeing high taxes. They're fleeing high property taxes. They're fleeing excessively big government. They're fleeing rotten economies. They're fleeing everything they voted for. And what do they do? They vote the same crap wherever they relocate. And so it is a problem. Um, I don't think that it is a problem that's insurmountable. And I don't think that it is something that has uh, happened to the point that has um, changed or altered uh, voting patterns uh, or changed states from leaning or guaranteed Republican to Democrat, but it clearly is a uh, a a potential problem. Uh, Juan in Fresno, California. Your next hello, sir. Hey, Rush. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Rush. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say, you know, I hope uh, your recovery is going well. Uh, we definitely keep you in our prayers and thoughts. So uh, that's going good for Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, sir. Uh, so uh, one of the things I was uh, I just wanted to say is uh, um, out here in Fresno, uh, so I'm a 38-year-old Hispanic, and uh, I was telling the guy on the phone that I I don't hear or see anybody that's saying that they're supporting uh, Joe Biden uh, or Joe Biden's campaign at all. Nobody is and, supporting uh, Joe Biden. You're absolutely right. Nobody's supporting Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a non-entity. Joe Biden has got, is the guy with a D next to his name. And, and here, the other thing is Kamala Harris. Um, so just talking with a couple of my friends that are Sikh and in that community, even the Monk community, community uh, these people absolutely detest this lady. 
so I I just don't see anybody uh, or I don't interact. Uh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Why do they detest her? Why do the Sikhs detest her? Why do the monks detest her? Why do they hate? Why do they not I, like her? I, so I didn't get I didn't get far into detail other than uh, what I speculated. It's like a religious deal, maybe, or just the part of the world that she's originally from or her parents are from. Uh, well, yeah, she, they're, she's playing identity games. There's no question. To certain audiences, she's African-American. That would offend people. Other audiences, she's Indian-American. That would, that would probably tick off the Sikhs. Um, she's, that, that, that's the thing about these people. They don't dare be authentic. But look, I want to go back. Thanks, thanks for the call. Well, I want to go back to the, uh, the point about nobody's for Biden. It really is the case. Biden doesn't have any enthusiasm behind him. You're not going to run around and be seeing Biden, excuse me, yard signs all over the place. I mean, you might see some. But this campaign, the Democrat campaign is, it's a, the whole thing is fake. Kamala Harris is fake. Biden is fake. This is the Bernie Sanders agenda. And these two people are having to fit themselves into it. This is the price they had to pay in order for Biden to get the nomination. He had to embrace the Bernie Sanders agenda. They had to do this to hold on to Bernie Sanders voters. The Bernie Sanders agenda is the radical leftist agenda, and the Democrats are having the kowtow to it. And Biden, there there is no enthusiasm. Biden has run for the Democrat Party nomination two or three times and never got beyond two or three percent. He is a noted plagiarist, the Neil Kinnock episode. Um, This is one of the biggest, I was going to say scam. It's not really a scam, although I guess you could call it that. But this, this Democrat primary is so odd. There isn't a one of those people that could beat Joe Biden. This is the most incredible, the most beatable Democrat in that field outside of Kamala Harris was Joe Biden, and nobody could do it. Not even crazy Bernie. And so now what happens is that Biden just happens to be the guy with the D next to his name on the ballot. To many Democrat voters, that's all that matters, folks. Where's the D? Where's the D? Where do I vote? Where's the D? It doesn't matter who it is. Democrat party and there's Republicans are the same way. I, not not in the same in the same numbers, but in the same percentages. But for the most part, Biden is an empty suit, empty vessel. There is no personal enthusiasm for Biden, just like there wasn't for Hillary. You know, Biden can't draw a crowd. Biden would not draw a crowd. The best thing that ever happened to Biden is this 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 virus that keeps him in the basement. It's a built-in excuse not to have to go out and prove that he has no connection. He has no bond with any of the people that are going to vote for him. And especially compared to Trump. Trump does have all that. Trump has a, a, a connection and a bond with his voters. They have tried to drive a wedge through it. They've tried to break it. They've tried to make Trump voters sour on him. They have failed. They haven't made one connection in that regard. Trump's connection with his voters is as strong and solid as it has ever been, and it may even be deeper and more solid than anybody knows now.
But Biden doesn't come close to having it. Hillary Clinton did not have it. Barack Obama, strangely, some of you might disagree, Obama didn't have it. Now, my proof for that is Obama did everything he could to make the 2016 election about his third term. Remember, if you want my third term, if you want if you want more of what I did for you, then you got to vote Hillary. Well, how'd that work out? It didn't work out well. And he's up there at the convention and there's Bill Clinton in the audience. And he's saying, Bill, you and I are going to have to admit it. She better than both of us. I about choked. He didn't believe that. He doesn't believe anybody's better than he is at anything, including ceremonial first pitches at baseball games. He thinks nobody's better than he is at anything. He's up there saying, Bill, you and I are going to have to admit it. She's smarter than we are. She's more qualified. She may be the most qualified person ever. What a crock. And that couldn't sell. He couldn't sell her. He's not going to be able to sell Biden. Biden can't sell Biden. These people, folks, it's the most amazing thing. There isn't anybody on this ticket on the Democrat side that has an enthusiastic bond or connection with their voters. And yet we are told that they're going to win in one of these humongously large landslides. It doesn't work that way. Politics is a is a you know voting is a is a personal thing. This is why I think Biden is in trouble. He can't campaign for a host of reasons. They don't dare let him out of the basement. That three month mandatory mask business is to make sure that he would never have to leave the basement. But without that bond, there isn't any accompanying enthusiasm. And so what the Democrats are facing here. They have got to turn out the vote based on hatred of Trump. And they have been they have been relying on that for four years. You have to ask yourself, what is the emotional reservoir of the average Democrat voter? Is there is there enough of a reservoir per Democrat voter to hold on to the abject hatred that they've had for four years? I don't think so. You may disagree with me. I think some of them are, are, are probably uh, capable of it. But I've had enough experience with emotional reservoirs running dry that I think they're going to have I think they're going to have trouble. I don't think there is as much enthusiasm on the Democrat side as you're being told that there is. And, you know, the evidence for that, they're having to lie about who Kamala Harris is, folks. They're having to lie about her being a moderate, a soccer mom. She is a pragmatist. They're doing everything they can to hide the fact that she is as radical leftist as anybody in that party is. She, Folks, she was the ringleader in the Get Brett Kavanaugh episode. She was the one responsible for telling all of the lies. She and Dianne Feinstein, a California connection. This, this, this circumstance that they're in, they've got to wrap up the Trump hatred. That's to substitute for the fact that they do not have a an enthusiastic mind. She doesn't have it either. She's not, you know, what's his face? Biden picks her. 
and immediately the media tries to make us, oh, my God, that's the worst thing could have happened. Oh, my God, people. No, they don't love her. She was the first out of the Democrat primary before anybody ever cast a vote. She is not universally popular and loved and adored and all of that. There's a newspaper in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And it's a leftist paper, like most papers are. Why Biden blew it. Joe Biden took his time selecting a running mate, which seemed prudent, but he came up with Senator Kamala Harris in California, which seems anticlimactic and worse than that, weak. What does this say about Biden as a leader? It doesn't say much. That's good. There, Folks, they do not have anywhere near the enthusiasm that Donald Trump has. The voters, they just don't. Joe Biden is the guy with the D next to his name. And Kamala Harris is somehow another record setter, uh, African-American or Indian-American or woman of color. First time ever. Vice President. Big whoop. Greetings. Welcome back. Rush Limbaugh. Open line Friday. Preserving our freedoms and the former government that secures them is uh, what is what Hillsdale College is all about. It's it's what is valuable to them and and teaching the student body all about that. Everybody involved with Hillsdale will speak to uh, every, everybody involved at Hillsdale is committed to pursuing the greatness of America, the things that define American freedom and liberty, making sure that every student understands the origins and how hard it was to secure and how hard it is to hold on to. Liberty and freedom are, Reagan said it, one generation away from ceasing to exist. Hillsdale cares so much about this that they want to teach even people that don't attend the campus. And so they prepared online courses that you can take on demand that are the same courses taught on campus. And they're absolutely free. There's no strings attached whatsoever. They also have a free monthly digest of conservative thought called Impremise. It's mailed monthly now to five and a half million Americans. That's an all-time high circulation number for Impremise. It provides Speeches, written words, captured in speeches that uh, you would be eager to learn and, and to read. You can start receiving and reading Imprimis. Some people pronounce it Imprimis. So that you can better defend the freedoms we enjoy and how they came to be. For anything and everything Hillsdale, just go to RushForHillsdale.com. You can learn about all the free online courses on demand, and there's gobs of them about Impremise, um, anything that you want to know about what Hillsdale is doing to preserve the United States of America is right there at RushForHillsdale.com. Phil in Cleveland, you're next on Open Line Friday. Hello. Hey, how are you doing, Rush? I'm good, sir. Thank you very much. You are our guiding light. Uh, A few weeks ago, you did a show. uh, You you were explaining that you were frustrated from the previous show, the day before, and you talked about not giving up hope because it's so easy at times to see us, our side get attacked so much when they do everything they're accusing us of, but never, you never see anything happen. And then when this 
Klein Smith guilty plea popped up, I was like, I remembered that show, and I was like, I can't wait to listen to Russia's show. I think that is close to the core of the Russia probe and Spygate. I can't wait to look forward to maybe a conservative October surprise. Um, uh, wait, now, wait, what, what do you think the, the October surprise is going to be? I think it'll be on our side, seeing how, like, the media is actually covering the, like, the Spygate stuff, even though they're acting like they don't, they didn't have any. Oh, 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 on. you, you, oh, okay, you're, you're, you're talking about, uh, it's, you have to forgive me, sir, it's my hearing, I'm, I didn't understand much of what you said. Um, you're talking about the, uh, the hoax and the coup and the Durham investigation and the fact that it might be released uh, in, in terms of time to suffice as a as an October. I'll tell you, the Democrats are worried about that. The Democrats are worried about it. Now, why would that be? I mean, they're out there saying nothing happened. They're saying Trump colluded. They're saying that Trump meddled with the Russians, and he still is, and that the Russians are still trying to affect the 2020 election. So what, why would they be worried about some kind of truth reveal on this? Because they know. Because they know. And I'm telling you, they are waiting for the other shoe to drop. I just hope it does. We'll be back after this. Don't go away. Well, that's it, folks. Another busy broadcast week in the can. We'll have the weekend off and be back here Monday, revved and ready to go again. And thank you so much for all of your prayers. I, Folks, they work. And I cannot thank you enough for being here and for everything else. So see you on Monday. Adios. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé, who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tonta Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tonta Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.